Welcome to another podcast by Victoria Point Baptist Church. We are glad you have joined us today. If you would like to connect with us as we aim to introduce people to Jesus by connecting with our local community and beyond, you can find out more at vpbc.com.au. Uh, many of you would know that uh, Elijah is a very well-known uh, Old Testament prophet. Uh, he was uh, someone that God used mightily uh, in many ways. Uh, one of these key occasions was when, as you would be aware, he brought down fire from heaven, or he called upon God, and God brought down fire from heaven, and uh, the sacrifice that was covered in water and drenched in water caught a blaze. And uh, it was sort of like a spiritual gunfight, if you like. We had the prophets of Baal crying out to their gods that they'd bring fire down to heaven. And of course they couldn't. Uh, they don't exist. They're not real. Uh, but uh, Elijah has this a wonderful, amazing spiritual experience where he cries out to God and uh, God brings down fire from heaven. And it proved to the people that day that the God of Abraham was indeed the true God. In James chapter 5, we read an amazing thing in verse 17 where it says that Elijah is a man just like us or a person like us or a human just like us. And so that's incredible because one on one aspect, we have this sense of look what we're able to achieve. If God was able to use Elijah in such a powerful way, then God can use you and I, maybe not so demonstratively or so spectacularly, but if Elijah was a man of God that God used and he's just a man or a person like us, then God can use us as well. I find that greatly encouraging uh, that we're talking all this year about ushering in the kingdom of God. That's our purpose, to bring God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven, as it is on earth. How do we do that? Well, we trust the same God that Elijah trusted in, that he might live in and through us and achieve those things. But what I want to talk to you today about is a greater encouragement, I think, that the fact that we're able to achieve great things. The encouragement to us this morning comes from the fact that we are just like Elijah. And Elijah was someone who struggled with his own weakness. Elijah was someone who struggled with the difficulty of life. Elijah was someone who got to the place where he said, God, I've had enough. And so this morning we're going to talk about... Um, I suppose we could call it depression uh, or a heavy mind or a, a dark mind or, or whatever you would like. I, I need to do a disclaimer. I'm not a trained psychologist. Uh, uh, our college course with the, um, as a pastor is very basic in counselling, so I'm not saying I'm a, a psychologist. But we're going to look today at Elijah's story and we're going to discover some Christian principles that I believe will help us when our mind is heavy, when things are dark. Uh, when worry and fear has overtaken us, and, and although we may not cry out like Elijah, God, I, I've had enough, I want to die, I, I believe at various times, at different levels, each of us come to that place where life seems too hard. And, and today we're going to look at Elijah, we're going to look at some principles to encourage us to do those things. Because one thing we need to understand is as Christians, we're not immune to pain. As Christians, we're not immune to the difficulty of this life. We're not immune to tragedy or heartache or despair. We're not immune to tears uh, and worry and concern. Because just as life has its way of uh, dealing out various cards, you and I are a part of that. And so we're not without hope, 
But our hope is not that we can control and make our life nice or controlled. Our hope doesn't lie that we can manage our life or manipulate our life so everything's good. We can't do that. We have to understand there's another way to find hope. If we do live in a world that's difficult and hard just to the Christian as anyone else, then there has to be another means by which you and I receive our comfort and our strength because Christians are not immune to fear. Christians are not immune to uh, being concerned about the things that are happening around us. And so if you have your Bibles, and if you'd like to turn to 1 Kings chapter 19 from verse 3, we pick up the story and we see why Elijah is in such a state. Now Ahab, King Ahab, told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, how he had proven that uh, against the gods of Baal and he wiped them all out. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. So that's a pretty serious threat. Jezebel was not someone that you wanted to mix with. Uh, she, she was a nasty piece of work, I have to say, and uh, I would be afraid as well. But she made, in her anger, she says to Elijah, I'm going to have you killed. I'm going to have you finished off. And that sets the scene where Elijah gets to the point where he wants to run from his life. He wants to get out of there. Uh, he's had enough. Uh, he, all of a sudden, he is overwhelmed. And over 300 times in the Bible, nearly almost one for every day, God says to us, do not fear. And the reason that God tells us do not fear is because there are plenty of things in life that are going to frighten us. So the reality is that you and I will experience the highs and lows, the difficulties, the good times, that, that whole mix, uh, that whole cycle of life. And some of those things that will happen to us will cause us to fear. We don't know what's going to happen to us. We don't seem to have any answers. We're not sure how things are going to turn out. And very, very quickly, our minds can be overwhelmed with that. You see, life is full of light and darkness. But I have found that the darkness can easily overcome the light. In other words, we have a balance of good and bad things happening in our life, but often it's the bad things that can so overwhelm us uh, that we fail to see any light at all. And this is what's happened to Elijah. Imagine just the day before, he's rejoicing and he's celebrating in this fact that God used him mightily. He brought down fire from heaven, an amazing miracle, and Elijah would have been going, Yay, God! <laughs> And then the very next day, he's sitting under a broom tree saying, God, I want to die. And although we may not want to run physically like Elijah and get away from things, there are plenty of times when in our thinking, we just want to disconnect from this world. We want to disconnect from life. We want to run away in our heads. We want to break because sometimes it just seems too much. So we might run away physically like Elijah um, but sometimes we just sort of check out and say, life is too much, it's too difficult, I don't know what's going to happen to me. But be assured this morning, God says, do not be afraid. He understands life will be tough, but he wants us to understand that he is there for us. Uh, he is there to help us. Uh, and in those cases, that's a great reminder to us. So there's two things that are true. Life is tough and difficult. We cannot order it the way that we want. The second truth is this. You and I are very fragile. Uh, we don't often want to appear vulnerable to people. 
In fact, as Christians, sometimes we try and make out that we're more than we are. We've got it all together and we're traveling well and we never have any doubts or worries and fears. We shouldn't do that because that's not a reality. But this is the truth. Life is tough and I'm fragile. My thinking is fragile. My mind is fragile. I'm complex in my thinking in my mind. And nothing can be better illustrated than Elijah. One minute he's on top of the world, next minute he's under the broom tree and says, God, I want to die. So I think, to, although we're all different, we're all fragile. Fragile in our thinking, fragile in our minds. And that's something that God wants to help us with and he wants to help us to enable to overcome it. In some of these things I'll talk about from my personal experience because I'm aware that uh, everyone's different. And it's never wise to give people advice uh, in areas of mental health uh, without, you know, having some... So I, I want to talk about some of my experiences and hopefully that will be an encouragement to you. So I'm just talking from my place, not a place of authority. But I've found one of the worst things about depression or feeling negatively is that it feels like it's always going to be like this. In other words, when you feel a little bit down in your thinking, when you feel a little depressed, uh, you seem to lose perspective. And it feels like the rest of your life is going to be just like this. It's never going to change. And that's one of the lies of life. It's one of the lies of the evil one. Because it is my experience that even though I've had to go through difficulties, sometimes I, my mind has been heavy with worry, that hasn't always lasted forever. But when you get depressed, that's how you see it. My life is always going to be like this. I would suggest to you that that is a bigger worry than what the worry was in the first place. Whatever happened that caused you to be a bit down uh, gets overtaken by the sense of there's no hope. This is my life. This is how it's going to be for the rest of my life. Uh, and that's not true. One of the things that we learn from Elijah is even though he is in a dark place, he had the sense to call out to God. Even though he was in a dark place, he had the sense to call out to God. And there's a great lesson. Um, I, like many of you, as I'm getting older, but I listen to the ABC radio a lot. Uh, I just like that. I, I particularly like listening to Conversation Hour, uh, which is people's stories, and they, they share what they've done and what they've achieved. And just about every case, I cannot think of one really that doesn't, but just about in every case, all these people who have achieved great things or, or got to a certain place have gone through real difficulty first. The difficulty has shaped them and strengthened them and guided them. And, and I think, you know, that's only half the potential because they're doing that in their own strength. But we have something more than that. We have a God who is good and faithful, who will never leave us and never forsake us. So... It's possible that through a difficult time, we can miss the blessing of what God wants to achieve. And sometimes that comes because we just simply forget that God is on our side, that he wants to help us, that he cares for us, that he's gracious and he's compassionate. We forget that he adopted us into his family, that we are his children. And sometimes we miss out on the picture of God, so we miss out on the blessing because we have a wrong picture of God. God is someone powerful. God is someone to be worshipped. God is someone to be served. All those things are true. But there's another reality. God is gracious and compassionate and long-suffering. He loves us. He cares for us. He's interested in every aspect of our life. Sometimes we lose sight of that. 
And when we have troubles or difficulties or when we have doubts or fears, rather than going to God, we keep those things from him. And even though Elijah was in a difficult place, he still had the sense to go to God. Do you know we need friends? We need people to support us and encourage us. We need family beside us. We wouldn't survive unless we had people helping us. But it's unrealistic and it's a little unfair even, if I can say that, but to expect that our family and friends are able to meet our deepest needs. They can't. Only God's able to do that. And so Elijah realises that he has these deep needs and he realises the only one he can call out to is God. And that's a great thing. But I'm greatly encouraged as I read on to see how God deals with him. Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life. And when he came to Beersheba and Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the desert. He came to a broom tree, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than any of my ancestors. Uh, I grew, I've been in church a long, long time. Maybe not as long as some of you, but I've been there since I was a boy. And so I know that it's not all that long ago that the answer to depression or difficulty or being in a dark spot was, hey, just have faith, pray and get on with it. Now, I'm sure that was offered in a way that was meant to be encouraging, uh, but it's so far from the truth. Because God understands that we are fragile. God understands that our minds are complex. God understands that sometimes we're overcome by fear. He understands. And how do we know that he understands? Because see the way that he deals with Elijah. He didn't give him a lecture. He didn't put him down. He didn't say, oh, what's wrong with you? Just the day before I brought fire down from heaven. Can't you trust me? Why don't you pray? Come on, get up and get going, Elijah. Come on. <laughs> no, he didn't. No lecture. No verbal abuse, no verbal bashing. God says to Elijah, eat and rest. The journey's too much for you. He does that a second time. We read the angel of the Lord came a second time and he said, eat and rest. The journey's too much for you. And I want to encourage you this morning that although when difficulty or depression comes, we sometimes think our faith is weak, that actually when we're able to cry out to him in our need is a demonstration of how strong our faith is. And it's been sad over the years from the pulpit and from the church that we haven't always been as gracious and compassionate to people who are going through a tough time. And it's been the easy answer for us. Oh, just trust God. Just pray about it. Just get up and get going. Soldier on. <laughs> But that is not good, and that's not the way that God deal with Elijah, and I don't think it's the way God wants to deal with us. Sometimes we want our faith to be black and white, and we don't understand why people get depressed. So we say there's something wrong, we don't understand it. Well, just trust God and pray and he'll fix you up. Uh, that's really very, being very insensitive, uh, because sometimes we can get to the place where the weight of our worry and our concerns can just overwhelm us. And we become afraid and fearful. And God says, don't be afraid. But I love the way that God just comes to Elijah and says, just eat and drink. Don't expect you to do anything. Don't want you to do anything. You don't have to prove your faith. You don't have to do anything. Just eat and rest. I think if we had that view of God, we'd normally be far quicker to take our problems to him than we normally do. I think we have a bad view of God. 
Yes, he's powerful. Yes, he's to be worshipped. Yes, he's to be served. But he is also gracious and compassionate, kind and tender-hearted. And if you are in a place now where you're just finding it tough, you need to have a picture of God who understands. No demands, no timetables, just eat and rest. And if we could only understand that life is too much for us, we would understand then that God knows the reality of life. It's not always easy. It is tough. It's not a lack of faith when we get down. God is simply saying, take that opportunity and turn it around because I'm able to help you. One of the things that uh, uh, Elijah says to God, he said, God, I'm the only one left. (laughs) Well, in fact, at that time, they say there was about 2,000 of God's prophets left. But this is something I've found, and you would too. When we get into a dark place, we lose perspective. Everything seems black. There's no good things happening. Everything is is a problem, and we just lose perspective. And this is what Elijah did. (laughs) Oh, God, uh, I've been a servant of yours. I've defended the faith. I've done all these things, and now everyone, I'm the only one left. (laughs) Well, that wasn't true. But when you're in a dark place, when you have a bit depressed, when your mind is heavy, we lose perspective. And two and two don't make four anymore. And when two and two don't make four anymore, truth cannot set you free. (laughs) We talk about the truth setting us free, but truth sets us free when two and two makes four in our mind. So there are times when we're so overwhelmed that we lose perspective. And this is when, by an act of faith, you and I say, God, I trust you, even though it doesn't seem to make sense. I trust you, even though there doesn't seem to be any answers. God, I trust you, even though everything seems to be falling apart. I trust you. That is deciding to live by faith and truth because the truth will ultimately set you free. Uh, I've got a couple of grand boys or grandchildren who are boys and uh, sometimes we go out to Willowbank. There's a raceway there and they have these cars and they have these little street races on the Anyway, a lot of fast cars and a lot of noise. <laughs> well, these boys are around about, one's about five and one's about six. And I took them out there thinking, they're going to love this. They're just going to think it's great. You know, I'll be the best granddad ever. <laughs> and they did enjoy it for about five minutes and then they got bored. And then they wanted to play on the swings or they wanted me to buy them hot chips or anything. But I thought, what's going on? You've got all these cars, all this noise and all this stuff. And then I looked at them and I realised... Uh, Here I am, uh, able to look over the fence and see the cars and racing and see all the sounds. Here they are. All they can see is the fence. (laughs) And they can look through it. You see, I had to understand that they were looking at life through a different perspective than mine. And we have to pencil in. We have to realise. And I don't want to sound insensitive here, but often when we're in a dark place, it seems far worse than it actually is. Now, I know that on one hand that might sound like I'm just putting, oh, it's no big deal. I'm not. But in every case, when we are in a tough place like Elijah, we lose perspective and we don't get to see or understand what's happening. So God understands. He understands life is tough. He understands that our minds are fragile and complex and it doesn't take much for us to sort of fall off the fence. He understands. He doesn't judge us. He certainly doesn't look down on us. He doesn't say, oh, you need to have more faith. What's wrong with you? But we can see how he handled Elijah, one of his key prophets, who did an amazing thing just the day before. He says, just eat and rest, guy. Take the time. So some of you, you might be going through a period where 
you're like Elijah with the fire from heaven. You're just kicking goals. Life's great. Everything's smooth. It's going really well. And you say, what's wrong with you, Paul? <laughs> what's, what's going on? <laughs> but some of you might be like Elijah sitting under the broom tree saying, I've had enough. God knows and he understands. And he doesn't say, get up, get going, trust me, pray more. What's he say? The journey's too much for you. You need to understand Give me those things. Give me your worry. Give me those concerns. Let trust me with those things. In verse 15, uh, God says to Elijah, go back to where you came from. All God is doing here is showing us what his end goal is. And his end goal is to restore us and to renew us. He wanted Elijah to get back to what he was called to do. He knew it wouldn't happen straight away. He knew that he was, wasn't in the position. But he, in, he reminds him, I want you to get back to where you are because God's goal is to renew and restore us. But there's something very nice in this passage. God gives Elijah three things to do. So he talks to him. He talks to him again. He gets him to eat. He gets him to move. He gets him to stand up. So he's very gracious and slow. It takes a while. But then he gives him three things to do. And each of those things are really, really, really simple. All he has to do is to talk to some other people and get them to do some things. I love this. Even now, God is still gracious and compassionate. And he realizes that Elijah's not in a good place. He doesn't burden him with guilt and duty and says, these are all the things you've got to catch up with. No, God understands and he says, I don't, God will never give us more than what we could handle. A bruised reed he won't break. And so even now, God is aware of Elijah's need. Even the God who put the stars and the moon and the sun in place, all that power is sensitive enough to know that Elijah's struggling and he doesn't burden him with some onerous big job of responsibility. He just gives him a little thing just to get him back going. Because he cares for him. Patience when it comes to depression is really important. You have to be patient with yourself and you have to be patient if you've got a family or a loved one who's going through a tough time because it takes time. God started very slowly with Elijah, just little bit by little bit by little bit. It would take a time. One of the things as a pastor I often hear is, oh, it's, I'm too slow or it's taking too long or I feel I'd be stronger by now. I feel I'd be better by now. Um, God's therapy is able to heal us, but it's rarely instant. There's a process. It takes some time. And you need to be patient with yourself with God and with others. He will renew and restore, but it will always take some time. It's no small thing. So how do we get to this place? How do we overcome the difficulty? How do we overcome the darkness? How, how do we get up again and get going and get back on the horse or go back to what we were doing before? We read from verse 11. This is really important. Then he lay down under the tree and he fell asleep. And all at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there was head was a cake of bread baked over the cup, a jar of water. He ate and drank and then he lay down again. The angel Lord came a second time, touched him, said, get up and eat for the journey's too much for you. So that's where we're up to. Good, Paul. Then we go to verse 11. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. 
After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and he went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. I love this too. (laughs) This is great. When there's difficulty, do you know what I want God to do? I want the earthquake, I want the fire, I want something spectacular and powerful. (laughs) I want him to fix it. But God's not always interested in fixing it. What God's interested in is that you and I listen to his gentle whisper. Now this says something because when we want God in the earthquake or the fire or when we want him in the powerful wind, we want an instant fix. But what God is interested in is the journey, a day-by-day journey where we're just listening to the gentle voice, just listening for his still, small voice. And this is the secret to overcoming the difficulties in our life. Our first choice or option is, God, take this away. I don't want any problems in my life. Just take it away. So we're expecting the earthquake or the fire or the wind just to come in and fix everything. But God's more interested in our relationship with him than just fixing things. And so what he talks about here is, no, it's not about destination. It's not about fixing things. What God's interested in is our journey with him every day. And so the question, how are we renewed and we restored? We are renewed and restored when we listen to the gentle voice of God, that still small voice. I don't always listen to the still small voice. Sometimes God says things that I don't want to hear. He tells me things that don't fit in with my plan and purpose. And so I don't listen to the still small voice. Sometimes I don't listen to the still small voice because I'm too busy. I don't take the time to listen. I've got my plans, I've got my purposes, and I'm going to do those things. I never take the time just to listen. But sometimes I don't hear the word of God's whisper because my attitude is misplaced. My thinking is, I'm a Christian, I'm a child of God, I shouldn't have any trouble. God, you fix it. This isn't right that I'm going through difficulty or pain. I'm a child of God. And that's a lie because God knows that, and we know, life's not like that. But when I have that view that I shouldn't have trouble in my life, I've got a tendency not to listen to his gentle voice. It's only when I understand the difficulty and pain as a part of my life that my ear is in tune with the gentle voice of God. He wants us to journey with him moment by moment, minute by minute. He doesn't interested about destination, he's interested in the journey. And that's the important thing. Sometimes my darkness or the weight that I carry in my mind is because God you're not fixing things I have all these issues going on God would say to me Paul you're not listening I want you to listen to my gentle still small voice because my voice will say I am faithful I am good I will not leave you I'll not forsake you I'll rescue you and restore you I am a good and faithful God That's the message of overcoming difficulty. Not that the difficulty is removed, but understanding God is with us is good and faithful. Uh, When I was a young teenager, we used to go to Camp Barrowinga down at Harvey Bay. That's where I grew up. It was a a Baptist um, campsite. And being local, we used to use it quite a lot with our youth group. And I remember one particular time where we had this... uh, this camp and uh, we were singing our choruses and we had a special speaker and uh, it was a very emotional time people were crying and weeping and it was it was good it was a good thing I'm not putting that down at all Um, but at the time we knew that our pastor was holidaying down the bay at a caravan so about 11 o'clock at night uh, we went and knocked 
on his aluminium door to wake him up and tell him what a wonderful camp and what a wonderful meeting we'd had. Now that just happened to be Cass' dad, uh, so it's a wonder that he uh, is still, was still nice to me. But we woke him up and he had about 20 or 25 young people all there bubbly and jumping and excited and how great it had been and he saw all that and in his wisdom, he, he didn't, it, it was a good thing, but in his wisdom he understood that we needed to understand something else. And he talked to us about the facts of the faith. He said, feelings are important and you'll have many high feelings, many high emotions, but those feelings won't get you through life. He said, what you need to understand is not feelings, but the facts of the faith. And this is what God is trying to say to Elijah and say to us. Listen to the still small voice, because I will remind you of the facts. I love you. I will not leave you. I am faithful and good and I'll provide for all of your needs. And whatever happens, whatever comes across your path, I am enough. And I really appreciate Castad's telling us that because you know what? Feelings would never get me through life. We're on an amazing high. Everyone was crying and shouting. It was a great time. But none of those feelings would have got me through the next difficulty or the next hardship. What gets me through and what gets you through is this truth. The still small voice of God whispering in your ear, you are my child. I will not leave you. I will not fa- n- never release you or, or leave you to yourself. I am faithful and good. Let's pray. Father God, it's incredible that you would say that we're just like Elijah. Goodness me, he was a hero of the Old Testament. He did some amazing things. So that's a wonderful encouragement to us to know that we can be used by you. But there's an even greater encouragement that Elijah was just like us in that he was overcome by doubt and fear and worry. And God, sometimes we think we fail you or we don't have enough faith because we, it feels like we're sitting under the tree and we say we've had enough. So it's not just the issues we're going through, but we hit ourselves over the head because our faith isn't enough. Father God, I pray today that we would see a God who is sensitive and gracious, patient, compassionate, Because you are a God who says, just bring all those worries and concerns to me. And you won't give us a lecture. You won't give us a timetable. You won't tell us, oh, just do this or just do that. You'll just say, just eat and rest. The journey's too much for you. I pray today that rather listening to the lie that Christians can have a perfect life with no troubles or strife, that in reality we'd say, yes, the world is cruel sometimes. And yes, my mind is fragile and I'm easily overwhelmed. But may we hear the gentle whisper of God. I love you. I know what you're going through. I'll never leave you. I'll never fail you. I'll provide for all of your needs. Father God, I pray today that we wouldn't be proud. We wouldn't boast. The journey is too much for all of us. We don't find strength in the strength of our faith, we find strength in who our faith is in. So I pray today that we would be broken and humble before you and call upon you for our needs. Father God, thank you for this word to Elijah. Thank you that over thousands of years ago you delivered it. 
that it's still practical and powerful and relevant for us today. The journey is still too much for us, but it's never too much for us when we listen to the gentle voice of our Father God, moment by moment, second by second, moment, minute by minute. Father, enable us to get to that place where all we want to hear is your sweet, gentle whisper. Do not be afraid. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.